Brian. Scott. Brian, we're recording this a day earlier than we normally do, and I can't tell if my takes are thus going to be too hot or too cool. Something strange is happening. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> All right, now you're normal. I heard like it was like, it was kind of like that. <laughs> now I got it. Okay, what that's okay. I, I, I don't even remember. It was so, <laughs> it was so unimportant. I already don't remember. I said it thirty-five seconds ago. And it doesn't matter. That's right. It's just right. I said it. It's recorded, so I'll not never know. But right. <laughs> I'll have to wait till Thursday to know. Right, you'll find out soon enough. I'll be just as surprised as the listeners. It'll be right. great. Yeah. Good. How are you, Brian? I'm okay. I had a it's nice good. weekend. I played some golf, played my first round of the year. How'd you shoot? Well, it was like a team event, um, but we did pretty well. We came in second <clears throat> place. Um, oh, that's very, it was, that's it's very called good. called a shamble, which is like a modified scramble. Are you familiar with the scramble format? Not totally, no. Scramble is like every shot everybody hits. And you pick the best one, and then you play from there. Okay, got it. The shamble is everybody drives, you pick the best drive, and then everybody plays their own ball in from that best drive. Okay. And then it's best ball of the group. Now, okay. I'm not a big fan of the shamble, but it's becoming very popular because people like it because they feel like they still get to like play their own ball. And I think people like the experience of like playing golf always from a good drive. Yeah. I don't really like the format myself because for me, I either want to play my own ball and have a score or I don't want to. I don't like this modified either. Let's just forget it. We're just all hitting shots and blah, blah, blah. Or let me just play my ball. Frankly, so it feels like to me, it's the worst of all, all worlds. Some people think it's the best of both worlds. Sounds like a real yeah. socialist setup here. What? Sounds like a real socialist kind of setup here. Well, the scramble, you know, is the true kind of like, yeah, everybody gets to benefit from each other. Cooperative right. um, type of golf. This shamble right. nonsense. I don't like it. Well, I guess that's why they moved away from the scramble. It was too un-American. We had right. to Americanize this experience. Right. It didn't yeah. allow us to assess everybody's golfing ability adequately enough we want to make sure we know who stinks and who's good <laughs> more importantly though who stinks who stinks yeah. <laughs> always more importantly well that sounds like fun it's not the uh the mirfield tournament your your guy billy hokel right he won billy horschel 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 yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I, I would refer to him as my guy, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't think adults can be named Billy. You think he's gotta go to Bill? Yeah, or William. I think it's just you go William. William. You can't go from Billy to William. I think you have to. You I don't have think you have a choice. To. You could go Bill. Bill is like hey Bill. <laughs> 
you know, worked for Bill Belichick, Bill Parcells, the two Bills. That's true. Clinton. Right. A lot of Bills. A lot All of right. successful Bills. Bill Cosby, right. until recently. <laughs> I don't know if he's allowed to be in the successful Bills club anymore. <laughs> he might have been canceled from that group. That's true. Maybe the Bills. I don't know what when they get together, how they feel about him. but Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it was a fun event. But I did have, you know, last week we talked quite extensively about my baldness. And <laughs> it came up while I was playing golf. In a very it came up? Well, a very funny way where, you know, I had kind of been saying how, you know, one, like that I don't feel like I read bald necessarily, even though I'm, I'm not, I'm not for one second saying people, it's not very evident that i have lost hair that's very clear so let me say that i'm fully aware of that but you know like i still have whatever enough coverage blah 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 and that i'm i feel like i made it and i'm gonna be an old bald guy blah blah blah. so one of my my friends playing compart uh compadres was fully bald like he's you know lost all of his hair and he said to my friend, he was like, Lou, you got to bring you got to bring this guy back more often. He's like, we need more guys around here with no hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and no. I was like, well, I guess that's false, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> but it was just very funny. That's a sounds like a brave card for that guy to play. Well, I mean, whatever. It's like he's bald. So like. I'm also, you know, he, he sees another man in the struggle. Like, it's not like a person with hair making that crack. You know, it's like the way Jews can make jokes about Jews, you know. Sure, it's, You're in sure. the family. Right. Um, I guess, too, the person, I because I know the friend you were playing with, so I think that the person that he was telling the joke to also has all-time hair. Well, that's what he was saying. And this other guy yeah. that we were playing with also has like, and he was like, I'm sick of these guys with their perfect heads of hair. Right. So that yeah. was definitely, you know, it was like, all right, another guy who knows what it's like to not have perfectly coiffed hair. Yeah. I mean, my wife still refers to Lou as Mr. Good Hair. Mr. Good Because <laughs> that's how she like first identified him when we first started dating. Like, guy's got good hair. <laughs> he does have a hell of a head of hair. He really does. Shout yeah. out to Lou. <laughs> <laughs> anyway it was just very funny it was like oh well okay <laughs> i've been discovered <laughs> but i do feel like that's a take one to no one scenario like if you were if i just saw you randomly i can't imagine i would tell someone like oh go ask that bald guy over there referencing you that's not how i would describe you right yeah so that's you know, I think it's a take one to no one situation, but that's funny. Yeah, it was just very you know. funny the timing, given the yeah days later. Well, maybe maybe it's a listener. Maybe maybe it's one of the fans. All right. Anyway, it was funny. So, Brian, who who are you rooting for in the NBA Finals? That's a good question, Scott, because I've been putting a lot of thought into it. <laughs> I don't know if you feel like it sucks when you get to that period of the playoffs when you don't have anyone to root for. Like, usually you can find one team. But now we're left with, like, I mean, it started in the conference finals. I hate the Heat. I hate the Celtics. I wasn't going to root for the Mavericks. And I don't – I'm kind of sick of this Warriors team. So – I like don't know. I still don't know. And I don't like the Celtics for obvious reasons, but I don't have any like specific issue with 
this vintage of the Celtics. Like Brown and Tatum are like seem mostly boring and harmless. Like I haven't we haven't been through any battles with them where I have this like, you know, relationship with them. So I don't really care. I doesn't seem to be much at stake with them winning other than Boston, the Boston sports, which is, you know, Boston, it's enough already. Like they've had too much winning, but I'm just kind of sick of the Warriors. And like with the buildup of the series has seemingly been so about like where this places Steph Curry in the, you know, the pantheon of players and like, I don't know, you know, like there's been a lot of like, does this make, does this put Steph into like LeBron, you know, like, come on. Does anybody really think Steph Curry, you would like Steph Curry's as good a basketball player as LeBron James? Like, I can't imagine. Nobody actually thinks that, does right? Does anyone That's actually real... believe that? That like you would rather, and I'm not, it's, he's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. But like, I don't know. It's like, I feel like, um, <clears throat> I don't know. Did you hear the like flap between Stephen A. Smith and Kevin Durant about? Yes. I think Stephen A. Smith was saying something about like Michael Jordan ruined basketball. Um, and I think he was sort of saying, cause like he made it all about like one guy and these guys like all trying to be him, you know, but I, and Durant snapped back and was like, actually it's, it's you guys like, who, who wrecked basketball and i actually this is a rare time where i will come down on the side of kevin durant but like i do think michael jordan like ruined basketball punditry because it it made it all about one player and everybody trying to evaluate which you know if you're the best player like are you how good are you and like it's not always as simple as that like these teams some teams have a certain like magic to them you know like and some even some teams are more talented than other teams in basketball, but it doesn't, you know, for whatever reason, like all come together. You know, there's a lots of instances of this, like random sort of not totally dominant teams who win a championship. You have like, you know, Nowitzki's Mavericks. Like think of that. It's a perfect. It's like that series where they beat LeBron, Bosh, and Wade. Yeah. Like that Miami team is better, but like <clears throat> that Mavs team had a certain something, and they had the right mix of players, and like. Does it elevate Dirk? Sort of, but like, not really. You know what I mean? Like, we already kind of knew what he was. And he's a great, great player, but I don't like vault him, you know, oh, he's that much better than this guy or that guy based on that championship. And like, or like Kawhi Leonard in Toronto, like even Giannis last year, like there's certain. And so like this Warriors run has been like the ultimate of this where yes, he is like Steph Curry is like, you know, I don't know what he is. He's, certainly a top 15 all-time player you know he's the greatest shooter maybe he's a top 10 player like maybe he's better than kobe you know but it also is this team that is like has been really well put together the guys fit really well you know they've it's always been like the sum of its parts also and there's like seemingly no way to separate that in the way that we talk about basketball now because it's all about the star and trying to put him in historical context and you know it's not so easy to do yeah no so <clears throat> there's a lot there um i just think number one it's silly to compare lebron to anybody else post jordan right come on he's the that's best silly since jordan right right <laughs> that's settled that's settled yeah. law at this point and nobody currently playing can catch him 
The only person right. who can pass LeBron has yet is either like very young in the NBA or has yet to play in it. Yeah, like that's 100%. That's settled law. That's that is, you know, that's like what we used to think Roe v. Wade is, you know, it's settled. <laughs> <laughs> it's we don't it's not open for discussion until somebody new emerges. Like Right. I don't even want to hear your case. If you if you want to make the case for anybody else post Jordan, I don't even need to hear it. You're not going to change my mind. Because you're wrong, like right, you know, right? You're wrong. You know, you're not gonna change my name about uh, change my mind about water being wet either. Like it's right. just it is. Like he's the best. It's not in every phase. Like he's the best player. He's he's not only the most talented player. He's the most durable player. He is everybody's a number one target. He has the most responsibility on every team that he's played. It's not. It's just that's foolishness. So just <laughs> that's gone. We're not even going to entertain it. That's a total, like, if that's not a straw man, it's an idiot. That's one or the other, right? right? So forget those morons, anyone who thinks that anyone is better than LeBron. You know, the thing with the Jordan thing, yeah, I, I see, I just think, like, it is ultimately the media, right? Because, and you're, I guess you're right, because Kevin Durant is uh, correct. Like, we, re- we should really only be talking about LeBron and and Jordan. You know, I mean, I mean, Jordan, I don't, I don't think Jordan, because look, I think for a long time, the narrative around Jordan was that, you know, it was when he learned to involve his teammates, when he would pass to John Paxson or he'd pass off to Steve Kerr or whatever. Like, that's when his career finally got over the hump and he really did become the ultimate winner is that when he learned to not just completely make it about himself. And I think that was the narrative about him for a long time. I think the real shift happened when, you know, it was clear that LeBron was the next truly great player that we were going to get, but he wasn't in the identical Jordan mold. Like he went to Miami, he won with, you know, other guys, and one of the other guys was arguably as good as he was or better or certainly at least more accomplished than he was at that point in his career, you know. And then LeBron's bounced around various teams, and he's lost in the finals a number of times. So it's not – it wasn't like a direct one-to-one with Jordan, you know, or, or it's even close where it's like Jordan is 6-0 and in the finals, LeBron is 5-1. and You know, it's not like that. And yeah, I think yeah. sort of like the muddiness of that – debate is where things really kind of shifted within the media yeah i mean it's just like to me it's just like is steph like surpassing lebron to me is like just a pure like talk radio yeah tv pun like it's just like it's a nonsense it's like come on we have to like people have to waste their breath and then it's like some people you know have to take the side of like if he wins this champion like this championship like changes something for you about what you know about <laughs> Steph Curry. You know what I mean? Like I just, what? It doesn't make any sense. Like, right. He hasn't even been, he wasn't even as good this year as he's been throughout his career. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, how does it reevaluate what you think of him in his, as a player in this like sort of a, you know, he was still awesome, but he like wasn't quite as good as he usually is. Well, he's old. How old is he now? Yeah, he's getting up there in, in years. Like, yeah. I don't know. It just is like, it's so exhausting. Um, so let's put Steph in the proper context. 
just as a as an exercise. Steph versus Durant. What do you got? All right, sorry. I gotta. I'm gonna move. Um... <laughs> That's better. I'm glad you're moving. I I thought that maybe you felt that my question was so stupid that you were just like staring at me. No, I didn't know you were having no. an internet issue. I'm having a problem. <laughs> this is this is always a fun. I like when the audience gets to just do this with us. <laughs> <laughs> but what was the question? So let's put Steph then, like, let's just, we've already determined that that's the dumbest argument possible. LeBron is singular in this generation. Let's properly contextualize Steph. Steph versus Durant. Yeah, I mean, like, unknowable. Right? I don't know. Well, I guess too. It's like, I mean, Durant. What's what's the take... co- but, well, but what's the conversation about? Is it about better career? It's certainly not like who's going to win in a one on one, right? In no. their prime, or like it's like who's had the better career and sort of it's the bigger impact on the league. Historical players who goes right. first? No way you pick Steph Curry over Kevin Durant. I don't believe you. Even though I would like people to do that, just because it's like a big fuck you to, to Kevin Durant, who went to go play with Steph Curry. But wasn't that, I mean, when, when Durant went there, like, I mean, come on. Right. He was the best player. I get he was it. the best player on the team. Like, when they were on a team together, I don't think there was much question on anyone there who was better. No, you're right. But Durant leaves. Durant has not been back to the finals. Steph Curry has. Now, I grant, I know it's not only Steph Curry bringing them there and only Kevin Durant failing to bring his team there. But is it not possible that, like, Steph Curry is a much better foundation for a franchise to keep everybody in an emotionally healthy space for the grind of a multiple-season run Whereas, like, Kevin Durant, I don't know, like, if he's just the kind of person that's suited to that kind of thing. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But, again, that's sort of back to my point of, like, the results, you know, like, oh, well, they then the Warriors are back now and they've won a championship and therefore, you know, oh, you'd rather have Curry. You know, like, if Durant, if Curry went to the Nets and Durant stayed, you know, who knows? I don't know. Maybe maybe the fit wouldn't be – I don't know. Maybe there would be some issue like now. Well, but I, I think it's more there, the but. point is like not what if Curry went to the Nets than what would the Nets look like. More that like Curry's not going to the Nets. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean if you're like a Warriors fan, I could see where you would like rather have Steph Curry for a million different reasons. He's much easier to root for. I just mean like the basketball player, you know. Well, right, but I think that's part of it. Like, Kevin Durant, the professional basketball player, is surly, constantly unhappy, holding his franchise hostage, holding the fans hostage, you know, forcing a team to keep a guy who may or may not play even half the season. Like, you're right in that that's not necessarily strictly his on-court performance, but I think 
part of it's not it's not irrelevant to the Golden State run that that Steph is such a, a like the way he carries himself. He's such a rock solid pro in addition to all his talent. Yeah, but I mean Durant also like I mean imagine if he goes to this the team that drafts really well and wins two championships maybe he doesn't go, you know, and he just stays like if Oklahoma City put the right pieces around him and they win a title like you know, he doesn't go anywhere. I mean yeah, right, but I mean they did have the right pieces around him. He just didn't win the title. No, you know they, what I mean? Yeah, you know, he had good players around him. There's definitely yeah. he definitely did. Yeah. Like it's not I'm not saying anyone let him down, but I don't know. You know, it's like Steph, it's very easy to say he never like looked to go anywhere because they won the two championships. Like, why would he have left? Right. <laughs> well, right, yeah. But I mean, they won the two championships where he was like the best player on that team. No, he was, and he was like a two-time MVP. I mean, I guess he's been like I, mean, I might be underrating Steph. That's that's certainly possible. Like, well, I just think like when you move on MVPs. from that insane LeBron conversation, which is insane. Like, you can't even put Kevin Durant in the conversation with LeBron. I agree. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. but I think once you move on from that, comparing Steph to more of his actual peers. Yeah. Where it like changes the the outlook. I, and I'm not. You're you're 100 right that when Durant was Steph's teammate, Durant was the better player on the team. Yeah. But if you know you're redrafting entirely and you get every guy kind of at the beginning of his career, and we're the Knicks and we draft Steph Curry over Kevin Durant, I can't say that I'm like pissed. Yeah, that's true. No, that's true. And, also, and not just I because guess, I don't like Durant, but just because Curry's also an awesome player. Yeah, like. yeah. No, that's true. I guess it's too – it's like one of the things about Durant that's annoying is I think he thinks he is like – he is head and shoulders above his contemporaries outside of LeBron. And like in reality, him, Kawhi, Steph Curry, Giannis, like I don't – it's not – it's I don't know I don't know how I would order those guys those four players, right? And I think here's Durant's. This is what I think is like Durant's problem. And I, and actually I kind of think you know now that all these NBA players have podcasts and I've you know checked in on a few of them, I guess not counting JJ Redick in this necessarily, but he's also a, like a different you know type of player and almost caliber of player. But like what I really feel like in in some of the things that I've listened to Durant say. There's a difference between, like, are you the most talented and skilled basketball player in the world right now? And I think that's how a lot of them view it versus, like, what's your start-to-finish resume? And a lot of additional stuff matters, especially when you start to get into the kinds of conversations that these guys are in. Like, more matters. Like, not just are you today the most skilled person in the league, but can you be counted on for 70 plus games within the year and an entire playoff run? And, you know, like, do your fans have to worry about your mindset headed into the postseason? Like, do you have one foot out the door? Are you going somewhere? That's like all part of it. When people discuss your greatness, when people, you know, try and place you historically, that's all part of it. And I do think Kevin Durant kind of likes to cherry pick what he thinks should and should not count. And he sort of thinks that because he's in the NBA, he should have a little more say in like what does and doesn't count. Maybe that is fair, but 
you don't get to make the entire decision on your own, pal. Yeah, I mean, it's so it's really interesting. Like, who of this generation of great players is going to crack into that like top ten all time? You know, who who moves out, <laughs> who gets in, who doesn't? Um, like, those are interesting conversations. I but I like yeah, I like you the way you put it to start the whole thing is like the LeBron piece is like settled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's but silly. I agree. I th- feel like Durant. I think he thinks his p- place as like number two is settled, and I. I don't agree with him. Right. I think it's very much an open question. Yeah, very um, much so. Yeah. I you know, it's funny too. It's like, will will this will, would a Steph Curry title change your mind about Steph at this point in his career? Absolutely not. If Brooklyn was in the finals and and Durant won it, I think that would shift my opinion of him a little bit. Right. So for some guys they do like, you know, I do think I think Durant needs another if he really wants to be in the mix all the way at the top. I think for Durant, it would now. Like, now that they've suffered that kind of embarrassment, yeah. if he then came out this year and they turned it around and they won a championship, that would be genuinely really impressive. Especially, like, he's a little diminished now. He's coming. He's had, this, you know, Achilles injury. Like, that would be yeah. um, really impressive. What do you think's going to happen with Kyrie? I don't know. I mean, yeah, it sounded like there's some real smoke there that, that – uh they might not bring him back. That would be wild. Yeah, what that would be awesome. That would be incredible. Like that, I want that to happen just because like accountability needs to be had there. You know, yeah. Like he needs to. There needs to be a consequence for that guy. Like you don't just get to go back and you're in charge. Like no, somebody needs to tell you like this wasn't okay. <laughs> right. And, and exactly, I think there is. And I am a I'm a big supporter of player empowerment. Forget the owners. I, I hate the owners. They're just rich assholes. I don't care. You know, empower the players. But that doesn't give you a license to be a dick all the time. You know, like there doesn't mean that like everything a player does is justified. Right, right. Or it's always good. Yeah. 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 Right. Like and I think Kyrie is sort of the perfect person because he is a big star. It's not like they're choosing to pick a fight with like Gordon Hayward or somebody, you know, like somebody who's not just not really a star in the league. Kyrie is a legitimate star. He's respected by players and he's just too much. He needs a comeuppance. He does. I hope they send him to like, I don't even know where, you know? Yeah. Orlando. Or right. Like- Orlando would be perfect. (laughs) Right, a Houston or something. Yes, right, exactly. And they should. And now, like, I, you know, people are like, well, that's really going to piss off Durant. Well, Durant's under contract. Like, I don't know. Uh, People act like those contracts don't mean anything anymore. The contracts mean something. Yeah. I mean, they're, they mean, they certainly mean something. There's a lot of money in them now. (laughs) Right. Like, you're going to pay him like seven years. Like you're going to pay him like $45 million a year. And you're just like, fuck this guy. You know, that does matter a little bit. You're going to be like, no, this sucked. Like I, he's so good, you know, like, and what do they do without him? But you know, they lost in the first round with him and Kevin Durant. And yeah, like, yeah, maybe they want to see what it looks like with Ben Simmons, but maybe they don't. 
I can't. I don't know why you would. I mean, just because they have no other choice. But yeah, I mean, look, Ben Simmons is is a good player. Like, uh, and it is a little weird, like how that would work as far as Ben Simmons likes to have the ball a lot in his hands, and obviously so does Kyrie. Um, so I don't know. Maybe that fit would be weird, but I don't know. It could be. You know, Ben Simmons is really good defensively. He might help a lot of their issues. Um. But yeah, it would be it would be hilarious to see them just ship Kyrie out of here and just have this thing be like the biggest disaster <laughs> ever. Yeah, ever, like ever. Right. So I think bringing it back full circle in terms of just figuring out who you're rooting for in the finals. For me, I feel like for me it's been a lot easier. First of all, I think that uh, we put we put Boston in the NBA finals. It's our fault. Um. I rooted way too hard for Boston in the first round just because I needed Kyrie and Durant to eat a big shit burger. Right. Um, and I actually rooted, like rooted for Boston. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. the penalty for that, I think, is them in the finals. Right. Uh, you know, I, I and, and I, you know, you're saying, and I, and I agree with you, there's nobody on Boston that's particularly hateable. Like, I don't hate Tatum or Brown necessarily. But get a ring on those two? They they would become insufferable nearly instantly, right? You know, and then of course, right? It's not just how much success Boston has had in this century in almost every sport, but it's also the fact that like the national sports media is just dominated by Boston people. Yeah. So that's really like if there's not a hateable player on the team, it's more just the hateable national media figures that all come from Boston. That it's just like go away, yeah, no to the rest of you. So to me, this feels like kind of a no brainer. Like I agree, I'm sort of like over the Golden State team, but I think this is kind of they're on their last legs. This is uh, a last stand for probably this nucleus, and I'm almost at a point with them like I've sort of gotten with Brady to a degree where it's just like you're going down as one of the great teams and one of the great runs in history. Like tacking on one more to the end of it isn't like going to do any more damage to what I would have hoped for anyway. So whatever. That's true. Boston is pretty irritating. I feel like Tatum's a great example of sort of what I'm talking about where like um, people are going to act like he's, a totally different player after this if he wins a championship and you know i don't know i still don't know how great that guy is well you don't think that this year he's made kind of a leap i do but he's not as consistent a superstar as like you know what i mean i mean he's when people are like he's better than kevin durant it's like no he isn't i don't think he is like he he's not yeah no um you know he's not Jonas. he's not um you know, I don't know. He, I mean, it'll definitely, he's definitely improved as a player. He's really good, but like the team is like, just really seems to work. Um, and he's very, very good, but like it, people will try to vault him into this category that I don't feel comfortable putting him in. No, I think you're right. And look, I, I'm not, I don't watch a ton of Celtics basketball, but I've watched a good chunk of this playoff run. Don't you feel like Tatum, if, if you're a Celtic fan, Tatum now, he's obviously a better player, but he's also been in the league longer. But Tatum, I would think, gives Boston fans some similar feelings that we experience with RJ, where it's like you go into a game and it's like, all right, you really got to answer the bell in this game. Like, come on now. And then they do answer the bell. And then you're like, oh, thank God they answered the bell. 
Now I don't have to worry about him. And then the next game, it's like, they're so terrible. And you're just like, oh my God. So I just thought that I, that was settled and now it's not again. And now I have to get nervous about the next situation. And I feel like Tatum has been that through these playoffs. Like that's been the experience of him. Yeah, like he's way better, obviously, but it's not dissimilar. Yeah, like some games he's like four for 23 or something. And it's like, Jesus. Like, right. Or he's like three for 19. Like just awful. Yeah. And like, you're like, yeah, okay, he's Kobe. And then it's like the next game's like, no, he's not. You know, and right. it's like, I don't think that, I don't think that that just disappears if they win this series. You know, like, I think Correct. he still is that. Um, right. Because it'll just be the same experience. The title will make everybody think, like, okay, it's settled. Jason Tatum is now a top tier NBA All Star. Right. And then, like, next season, it could be, like, the month of November, he'll be like, what happened to Jason Tatum? <laughs> Nothing. That's who he was last year. That's who he currently is. Right. And Boston will be, like, a weird also-ran. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I'm really sick of Draymond Green, though. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. I'm Shut so up, sick, Draymond. especially him, like, his historical importance. Not that he's not... I know in many ways he's like, it's it's like good that everybody rates him so highly because what he does doesn't show up in a stat sheet and yet we kind of all recognize how special this guy is. And then sometimes you're like, you average freaking seven points a game. You know, like, oh, I know. when he's like talking shit to Charles Barkley, it's like, dude, like you should carry Charles Barkley's gym bag, you know, like, exactly. Give me a break. You don't get to snicker at Charles Barkley about your championship rings and like, just like get out of here with that <laughs> right i know draymond you play on that phoenix team against jordan in the finals and let's give see if the outcome break. is any different give me a break get out of here you know that's the thing i mean you're right draymond is the the big problem with golden state and that's where i do feel like i appreciate chris bosh and he chris bosh is actually the opposite of draymond where he was almost what made those miami teams tolerable because he knew and accepted who and what he was. He wasn't looking for any, like he deserved plenty of credit. He's an excellent player, very skilled, you know, great for the role that he was in, but he wasn't out there trying to also like pump up his own importance. He just accepted, you know, what his role was, who he was. And Draymond, why can't you just do that? That's clearly what you are. Right. No, you're right. Like he was, Chris Bosh was like their Pau Gasol. And, yeah. you know, Draymond acts like, yeah, he's the, you know, and I get where he is the engine sort of like the thing he kind of makes it work because of what he does defensively is so important to them because they do have, you know, they don't have other elite defenders, but you know, give me a break. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it, give me a break. It is so interesting though, about what's like professional sports, right? Because if you're Draymond Green, you're a very weird player because your own individual talents don't have the value that lands you the kind of contract on the open market that you know some of these other guys would get and like you're so but you're also so clearly a pivotal piece on you know probably the team of the decade hands down yeah. and so like what a weird what a weird like i don't even know what that does to your sense of self you know or your self-esteem like a very tricky weird thing i bet Right, because, I mean, let's say Draymond Green's a free agent and Indiana wants to sign him to, like, a max contract. It's not going to do shit. That's not going right. to work for them. <laughs> right, right. It would be a catastrophe, you know? Like, yeah. 
you got he's got to be on the right team and like he found it and that's great but like uh sometimes he's too much just his like yeah floating around like uh, where would they be without him? You know, whatever. They'd probably, they'd get, you know, Jay Crowder in there and <laughs> <laughs> probably be really good. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny too. Like, I think some of the back and forth sometimes between the old NBA guys and the and the, the current players, it you know, at working in a school as I do, I think sometimes like the older guys are are right in an argument. Not all the time, certainly, but sometimes they are. And then, you know, the, the, the current players come back at them, but because there's like, they're younger and there's more of them with a, like a platform to speak with, there's a lot of snickers. Like Barkley's right, but Jamon Green says something stupid and you have like 20 other young stars who are like, yeah, you know, yeah. like, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> what was it? What was our, Darren Ice? Oh, hut, hut. Like, yeah. So when there's that chorus in addition to whatever they, they say, it, it, it feels worse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one thing, you know, yeah, one thing that's interesting is how much these like current stars love Kobe. Like they all are so. I know. They're so uh, Kobe centric. And you want to be, I want to be like, there's a difference between somebody being your favorite player and being the greatest player. Right. Like those aren't the same thing. <laughs> And like you can, Kobe can be your guy's favorite because he was like one of the best when you were growing up and right. represent something that that doesn't make, that doesn't mean he has to be in any conversation about the top player of all time. Cause he isn't, and he's just not even close. And it's like enough already. He's not, no, he isn't like, he's not in that conversation. Like, right and yeah and he's not even in the in the in the uh jordan lebron conversation no not he's not yeah he's no not in it he's like no way he's in the is he in the top 10 conversation and yes he is but like barely yeah and he's first he's one of the first names on the chopping block if like one of you guys wants to get in there so that's yeah that's so true and it's so funny about it you'd think that the players would understand better than anybody that your favorite player is different from the best player yeah, there's so much Kobe reference, you know? It's like, no. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like, a, you know, I don't want to be callous, but, like, he died. So yeah. that, like, oh, always, like, sure. you know, puts those kinds of, like, people already had inflated opinions of him, and yeah. then he died, and that was just, yeah, like, a jolt cola to that <laughs> you know, you know, situation. You're me think about it when you're talking about old players having those goofy opinions. When Charles Oakley said Antetokounmpo would come off the bench if he played in Oakley's era. (laughs) And it's like, Charles, you were a starter in your era. Like, they'd find a spot for Giannis Antetokounmpo, I promise you. Like, if if we could go back in time and put next to Patrick Ewing as the starting power forward, Giannis Antetokounmpo, we would have done it. I can can assure you. I promise. I promise you. Like, that is so ridiculous. Also, Charles, look, you're an unquestioned tough guy. We all know. Right. Giannis would put his shoulder in your chest and knock you back as far as he needed to knock you back to get to the rim. Like, I'm sorry. He's too big, too fast, too strong. Yeah. Way, 
all three of those. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's like ridiculous. He's ridiculous. <laughs> He's ridiculous. Like <laughs> they'd find a spot for him in the starting lineup of like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like to the Wicks. Go to Timberwolves of like 1992 would like figure out a space for Giannis, I think, you know. <laughs> right. Whatever. God I, I like our chances in the finals against Houston with Giannis on our team instead yeah. of anyone but Ewing. Right. Instead of <laughs> like, Charles Smoop Smith. Smith. If we could right. have slotted in Giannis, I would have done it. I wouldn't I wouldn't have made him come off the bench. <laughs> <laughs> right. I wouldn't even think about it. Like, right. He should be a six man. Why? <laughs> Based on what? Oh god. Speaking of the Knicks, I think we're going to trade up and get this young buck. All right. So, I I want to believe that. I still like if it just to me it feels like the entire plan hinges on the Kings being stupid. Which look, I guess they are. I get it. There's a lot of, you know, reasons well, to believe it. It really hinges on the Blazers being convinced that Julius Randle makes sense for them. And then you do a three-way trade, and then you can get Sacramento the seven pick. So then they're only trading back from four to seven, and they can maybe get some other stuff. And then the Knicks jump up and get the fourth pick. And you think that Portland would think that Randle... Is better than whoever they can get at the seventh pick, or better for them, like better for the franchise. You know what I mean? mean? They got to do something, right? They got to figure out a way to get better. They got Damian Lillard there. Like, you know, do they view Randall as like a disaster in the making, possibly? Or, but like, look, I mean, two years ago, he was a second team All NBA. Right. Those guys are hard to get, especially if you're Portland. Nobody's going there. And Dame is older now. Like, the clock is really ticking. Like, I know it doesn't make them a championship, but at least it, like, makes them, yeah, you know, it doesn't cost them, like, what it would normally cost to get a player like that. And they still get a first-round pick, and we throw in a bunch of picks as sweeteners, whatever, whatever we got to do. Yeah. You think... Does it impact it at all if Phil Knight tries to buy the team? Or is that just not really relevant to this? I probably wouldn't. It probably couldn't happen fast enough. So it's probably not. Well, but then I guess it's like all about the books, right? Like, you know, you want to dump salary. I don't really know how that works. But maybe that's just too unpredictable for us to even try and wrap our heads around. So you think it's Randall to Portland and then a pick swap with Sacramento plus other picks from us? Yes. Yeah, that I would love that. I would that love would that be, a lot. It would be awesome. It so, would be so awesome. What's your level of confidence that, that this we we pull this off? I don't know. I just get a feeling it's it's happening. So, I feel like I think it's going to happen. I really hope so, man. You're hearing a lot of rumblings that the Knicks want to do that and that yeah. maybe they could do it. They could pull it off. And this is the right draft because it really falls off, but yet it's also like there's not a lot of difference between those fourth, you know? So it feels like, hey, if we right. can get some extra picks, like this is the year to do that. Like we don't need this fourth pick. And I do think even 11 is still a pretty good pick in this draft. Right. 
Exactly. Yeah. So you can move right. back because yeah, you'll still get a good player and it doesn't really matter that much. It's just the same dice roll it is a four. Right. And so, so then Sacramento would get the seventh pick and then Portland would get the 11th pick right. from us. And so, right. I guess Dame, Julius Randle, and the 11th pick, it's a good team. Our team? No, I'm saying Portland. Like, that's a good deal for, like, not only do they get Randall, but then they also get the 11th pick. Right. And they get probably some other, you know, bells and Guys. whistles on there. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. At least it's something for them. Yeah. I know, you know, who knows? Maybe Julius, like, then he's pissed off. He's he's trying to re, you know, he's motivated. Maybe. And that's kind of what you need him to be. Right. Yeah. And you, re- so you really think this is going to happen? I think it's going to happen. I don't know. I just feel like there's so much, there's a lot of rumblings about it. And so this will happen by when? Like on draft night? I guess. I don't know. I don't know how these trades go down. Like, right. Um, right. It feels like that's when they usually, when it happens, because you need the, the momentum of the draft and the, yeah. the, yeah, the leverage that comes with the deadline of the draft. Man, I just want him to do this. I don't know if it's right. I don't know if it's the answer. I don't know anything about Jaden Ivey. But just to have like a young, exciting team get the stale fart that is Julius Randle out, I would be so psyched. Oh, it would be awesome. That guy with a lot of upside, just an exciting young player to join this exciting young team. And like maybe it'll all blow up in our face, but whatever. Maybe he's the star that we've been missing, you know? Like, right. Or at least we're doing something. Yeah. Like that's not opening like night, man. Like only yeah. in the starting lineup with this guy. I mean, come on. Speaking of opening night, not that I, you know. Not that this hasn't been going around the internet, but it's just, I guess it's worth pointing out after our finals discussion earlier. It's pretty crazy that Bing Bong was against the Celtics. That is unbelievable. Yeah. Bing Bong. I stand by Bing Bong. I don't think it's... support Bing Bong? I do support Bing Bong. That night, a Bing Bong was appropriate for the emotions we all felt that night. Give me Bing Bong. You know, like life is too friggin' short to to then be like we should not have had fun that night. If we didn't have fun that night, we didn't have much fun the rest of the year. <laughs> we should have fun that night. Let's bing right. bong. Right. Oh, right. There was nothing wrong with everybody getting carried away. Man, I thought we were going to be so good that five and one start. Man, Randall <laughs> Me was too. awesome. Kemba looked great. Fournier was amazing. I was so sure. Boy, this team's going to be awesome. Yeah. Boy, like, right, Fournier just seemed like exactly what we needed. Yeah, yeah. Like, he yeah. was so good that game. And, like, Randall was like, oh, yeah. um, You know, he looked great. It just, like, I know. And then, boy, it didn't, it didn't go that way at all. But <laughs> no. no, it didn't. But here we are, almost trading up for the fourth pick. And that would be <laughs> really, really fun. It would be. I mean, I think there's a chance. I really think it's possible that that's going to happen. Well, that's really exciting. That's really exciting. Yeah. Uh, what about Brunson? Do you want us to sign Brunson? No. Me either. Me either. And frankly, I hope that uh, 
Johnny Bryant gets the Utah job. Me too. Get him out and of we here. could just we could put the whole thing to bed. We don't have to hear about Donovan Mitchell anymore. Right. I don't want to hear about him, and we don't have to hear about uh, firing Tibbs. Right. So I get him. I mean, I think the big move of the offseason is you try to trade up to get that guy, and if you can't do it, then you just draft a kid at eleven. And you see what happens with Mitchell Robinson and, you know, maybe Emmanuel quickly as your starting point guard next year. And you just go with that route. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, the more, the longer the off season has gone, the more I've just want, I've just wanted to invest in the kids. I, I mean, mean, Jalen Brunson, like, what does that really do? Like you pay him a right. ton of money. He's not going to move the needle. Right. He's not going to bring us a title. And if we're not going to win a title, I want to like the team. I want to be invested in them. And I'm invested in the young guys. I'm invested in Obi quickly, RJ. I want to see the project through. So get the pick. Get Johnny Bryant to Utah. Let's get on. You have any Rangers thoughts? No, I actually missed game three because I was, uh, I had so much stuff with my kids. It sounded like they had the, a grip on them. It was jarring in the first two games how much better they looked. Um, I mean, it's pretty. I mean, the Rangers got a real shot here. To, I know to, to actually win the whole damn thing. Um, it, it was funny yesterday. Nicole, Nicole was like, "When did you become a hockey fan? Because you've never watched hockey, right? Like, I'm like today? No. Yeah, 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 right. And I'm this... unapologetically on the bandwagon, man. I like me too. Yeah, you know, whatever. I like." You know, um, Shesterkin, love him. You know, love him. <laughs> Zavonajad, one of my favorites. Yeah. I like Philip with an F Cheadle. Like him a lot. Yep, yep. I like yep. that Panarin. I like the way he plays. Like, really, yeah. I'm really enjoying all these guys. I'm unapologetically all in. Um, it's super fun. But uh, yeah, I don't have any like thoughts on the series. You know, I don't, I don't watch enough hockey to have like thoughts. No, for sure. I, I just, I was like really surprised how good they looked. You know, I felt like yeah. they looked so much better against Tampa than Carolina, but Tampa's supposed to be better, I guess. Well, Carolina was actually better in the regular season. Okay. Um, but Tampa's yeah, just, just the two-time defending champion, but they were, they didn't have like quite as strong a regular season this year as they, they have the last few. Right. Um, so the Rangers, I mean, had a better record than the Lightning in the regular season. So, and then, you know, that's why the Rangers have home ice. Yeah. So, like, they were the better team this year. My only concern, I guess, like, uh, similar to you, I don't really have takes per se because I'm not in into hockey enough. But my overall sports take is the 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 thing that did scare me about Game Three, like Rangers were up three nothing. You know, the the lo- like the way they lost was kind of brutal. It does feel like you go up 2-0, you're up 3-0 in game three, you're about to steal one on the road, it looks like you're about to just walk through it. it. I wouldn't call what happened a collapse per se, but a brutal loss like that, when you're just riding high, uh, sometimes that just like sticks right up here. That's a little worrisome. Yeah, I agree. Like It makes game four huge. Like You lose game yeah. four, now the pressure's really on. Um, and then you start that, you know, it starts to get in your head even more like, God, we were right. We were about to go up three Oh, like we had it. Um, so it would be great to get to win game four. So you can avoid that Ajita, but 
you yeah. know, you get to this stage, you're not going to you're not going to get through it without some really tense moments. That's true. You know what I, I, I think is great kind of about just this type of of hockey fandom is like it's almost just enough that I'm I'm just just I want the ride to continue. That's all real. What's what really what I'm rooting for is to just stay yeah. on the ride as long as I can stay on the ride. Like, so the stakes, it's not personal. It's not like deep in my soul. We have to win. So it's just all the good emotions. And like the bad ones are so toned down. Yeah, that's so true. Like I won't be devastated if they lose, but right. But I'm really having a good time. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I don't want the bar to close. It's like, no, come on. Right. 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 Whereas if like the Knicks had made it this far, and then, you know, collapsed after going up 2-0 and, like, lost game three. Like, I wouldn't sleep for a month. Yeah. It's like the time when I got drunk when I was, like, 18 and I went to the Neil Diamond concert. And I was just there, like, woo, having a good time. And then the lady in front of me was it was very important. She was a big Neil Diamond fan, you know. And so I was bothering her and wrecking the time for her. And she turned around and told me that I was a piece of shit. <laughs> That's aggressive. <laughs> And now when I grew up, I was going to be an even bigger piece of shit. She said that? Yeah. Oh, look at the eyes and said that. Those those diamond dollies are real real tough group. I I just wanted, you know, I wanted to hear Sweet Caroline. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be a woman soon. Da, da, da. Any uh, any Mets thoughts while they're out on the West Coast? Um, no. <laughs> it was nice to see they split the series with the Dodgers. I was a little nervous about the Mets going out there. And, you know, they've been doing really well this year. But they have a lot of injuries. And, you know, the NL East is really, is really soft. I was a little worried, oh, are they going to go out there and kind of get their clocks clean, especially when they lost the first two games. So it was nice to see them earn the split and be like, okay, they're not like a phony. They're not Fugazi. Right. No, they're, they're you know, I think they're pretty good. I I think a resurgence of New York baseball is exactly what the sports need, sport needs. Just, yeah. just the same as is in the 90s. Both teams are good. Yeah. yeah. That's what we need. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not one. Just- we need both. Yeah, well, because also we have the market to make people care, to, like, really drive it. Like, if both teams are good and, like, legit good. Like, the Yankees have been in the mix. But, you know, they weren't serious for a lot of the. Now it's like, okay, this is a serious team. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, look. New York might be dying. No one's going back to the offices. But we could keep baseball alive, Brian. We could do it. I think they are going back to the offices. I read something today that's like only like 7% now of, of people, workers are working remote. And it was the pandemic high was 35%. Oh, wow. And I think prior to the pandemic, it was like 3.5%. So that's still a massive change. But, yeah, you know, it's not necessarily the looking like. But I also, I mean, I think a lot of that is there is a lot of hybrid. So there's a lot of people not going in full time. Right, like every day. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that that number has dropped so much because Eric Adams told people they can't work in their pajamas? And so people were like, damn it. <laughs> damn it. I got to go back in. Yeah. I know. Probably. That's probably what it was. Yeah. You know, 
I think politicians are most effective when they boil something down to a silly uh, catchphrase and then just say it with authority. I think that's that's how we're going to solve this country's problems, Brian. We're not going to solve anything. <laughs> no, we're not going to solve anything. It's only getting worse. Did you read that profile of Diane Feinstein today um, in New York? No. Man. She's, she's like in a coma, right? Yeah, yeah. Not that bad, but she's not all there. Um, and she's definitely being propped up. It's just like, what the hell? Greatest country in the world. We got a 90-year-old woman in the Senate with important responsibilities who's just like no longer up to the task and nobody has the courage to just like do something about it, you know? Like, Right. I just think, right, you did, that's the summary. Nobody has the courage. Yeah. Period. That's the problem. Right. And no one's getting any. Too awkward to happen to bring up that she's not fully there and capable of doing, performing her hugely important job anymore and she should not run again. Just God. In California, right. where somebody else could have won who's younger and better, like, it's not well, like Brian, to away. I feel like you have to understand that the Democrats can't say anything that will offend people. Because if they do, then the people who weren't voting for them will continue to not vote for them. <laughs> right. So, right. best uh, not to upset their non-voters. Right. I know. And their own voters can go to hell. Right. Uh, right. Because what else are they going to do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. All right. Well, on that uplifting note, this is an excellent week of Giants Among Men. Everybody, you're welcome. We love you. See you next week.